Hey everybody, welcome to Scale Up with Nick Bradley. Here I am again another week and today we're going to unpack another part of your business journey. Uh, today I specifically want to get into how do you pitch a company. Not so much how do you pitch a company for investment or to exit, but of course it is part of that. What I'm really talking about is the positioning the thing that kind of makes your company unique and remarkable. And this this is such an important part of how you grow a company. Because remember, you have to pitch your business to employees, people that you bring into the company. You've got to obviously pitch to investors. You've got to go and tell your story, you know, potentially on stages, you know, in articles, in PR to kind of grow your brand. And what I find interesting is that when people um, get to the stage where they have to articulate the key things that make their business successful, unique, remarkable, all of the stuff that kind of underpins a value proposition, they really, really struggle with the elements of it. And I've seen this time in, time out, time again, when I get involved, particularly helping businesses prepare for exit, because when you have to crystallize everything that you've created over a number of years, you have to get it literally right down to the core, the really important things that have made your business a success. And in my world, they're quite often called win themes. Now, a win theme is the, the five bullet points, let's call it that, that your company would explain to someone as to why it is so remarkable and so valuable that they should acquire it. Okay, but you wouldn't say to the acquirer or the potential acquirer, here are our win themes. They're the things that you use internally to stack together, to compound together, that when someone looks at them, each individual part by itself is maybe not that unique, not that remarkable. But when you put them all together and you mix them up, it's the sum of all of those parts that creates that that special business, that business that can be valued at a high amount of money if you choose to exit at some point. So what I wanted to do today was break that down, but break it down with a really, really obvious example. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at what I think are the key win themes, to use that term again, of Apple. Now, there isn't anybody in the world, well, actually, there probably are some people in the world who've never heard of Apple, but not many, certainly in the kind of Western commercial capitalist society. You know, it's one of the most admired and successful businesses in the world. As I record this episode, I'm surrounded by Apple products, be that a watch, be that AirPods, iPads, you name it. And uh, someone said to me the other day, actually, I think it was Adam Coffey when he was on the show, he said something like, you know, how many brands out there you actually keep the packaging of, right? And I keep the packaging of all my Apple products because, you know, if I want to sell them to upgrade, I can, you know, get a higher amount of money if I choose to sell them on eBay. But people just admire the whole experience that Apple provides. So what I'm going to do is, is go through what I think the key win themes are of Apple and what makes it one of the most successful businesses in the world. And these are the same things that underpin the success of its business model. But the purpose behind that today is not just to talk about how great Apple is or what they do right and what they do wrong, because there are a few things there that I think they could probably evolve and change. It's more about you listening to the way that they articulate this, because I want you to think about it in terms of your business. Now, if you can't name the five things, the five win themes that make your business unique and remarkable, then the homework exercise, if I say that, is to go away and do it, because it's going to be something that you need either now, but certainly in the future. And just a point around this, 
When I talk about these things, as I said beforehand, any single one of them is not that unique, but when you put them together, it is. The way to think of that is like baking a cake, right? Like if you're going to make the best carrot cake in the world or whatever you fancy, lemon drizzle cake, whatever it is, if you're going to make the best cake in the world, you know, there are going to be some certain things that need to be put in that cake that everyone has. You know, there's going to be probably eggs in that cake. There's going to be milk. There might be some sugar. But, you know, perhaps you're going to add something a little bit different, two or three different ingredients, which when they're added with the other things that everyone else is doing, they're the things that make you stand out from the crowd. They're the things that elevate your brand. They're the things that create a high value company. Okay, so think of it like that as I go through, but do the work, go away and do the work. Trust me that this is going to be an important thing for you uh, during your entrepreneurial journey and during the scale of your business. And literally this morning, I was going through a deck that one of my clients is working on right now to sell their company, and none of this was really clear in there. I remember spending a couple of hours this morning literally adding my thoughts to make sure that this these really key themes were, you know, literally jumping off the page so that anyone looking at this business could really see the value in the overall proposition. Okay, sound fun? Let's get into it. So let's have a look at Apple. So if I dissect Apple, and these are my thoughts, right? I haven't necessarily gone into their investor uh, website and looked at this. But the first thing that obviously jumps out is innovative product design. Now, innovative product design by itself is not that unique, right? You know, Watch manufacturers like Rolex have that. You've got car manufacturers like Lamborghini, Porsche, right? They've all got fantastic product design. But that innovative product design is absolutely something that makes Apple stand out amongst everyone else in that, let's call it computing space, phone space, um, you know, music, headphone space, whatever you define it. It has really interesting product design. And not only is it just on the products itself, it's also in the packaging, right? It's all across it. So the way I look at that is they have a relentless focus on making sure that whatever they create stands apart from their competitors. Okay, so they're always looking at things like what I would call uh, sleek aesthetics, uh, user-friendly interfaces, uh, faces, uh, seamless integration between any of the hardware that they have in the software, okay? And this design approach certainly initially created a niche, right, and a very loyal customer base from people who are very creative and arty and a very, very strong brand identity. But from that niche, they were able to scale to people like myself, who I wouldn't categorize myself as incredibly creative, but I do appreciate really, really interesting design. Okay, so that's one, that's one of their win themes. Okay, I think everyone, if you look at an Apple product, would agree with that, right? Second thing, brand, overall brand and customer experience. Okay, so if you think about the brand for a second here, and brand is definitely one of the drivers of value. So when I look to acquire a company or if I work uh, with a private equity firm to help them make an investment, we always look at the quality and the structure and the definition of a brand as a driver of value. Okay, so what is what does Apple stand for, right? Well, I think it's synonymous with quality, right? Definitely innovation, like we spoke of before, and a premium experience. Okay, they're not trying to compete on price, right? They're not cutting prices to sell product. In fact, I think even when there's a Black Friday special sale thing that happens all around the world these days, you know, they don't cut price. They add value to their products. Like you get a gift card, you know, to use in one of their other stores, like the, um, uh, you know, the Apple Store or Apple TV or something like that. 
Okay, so this this is interesting, right? So that you know, when you create a brand that's really really strong, quite often you don't need to compete on price. You can actually raise your prices, and people will still pay. Okay, so this commitment to 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 brand, and then you've got this kind of exceptional customer service and this reputation for for excellence. If you go into any of the sort of stores, it's an immersive experience, right? Which reinforces the brand's you know quality and and loyalty to some extent, right? Like it kind of presents itself in this really, really interesting way. And of course, the experience is fantastic. If you ever go into one of the stores, they give away stuff for free in terms of information. You can, you know, join classes, whatever else. They've got people there. They're always the same type of person as well. They ask questions, but they're not pushy. All of that is intentional, okay? So that's that's the brand and customer experience. The third thing I think is interesting is their ecosystem and the way that they do integration, Okay, so it's a highly cohesive ecosystem. It connects hardware, software, and services together in a very, very seamless way. So if you think about that, if you've got an iPhone, you've got a Mac, an Apple Watch, uh, along with, say, services like iCloud or Apple Pay, all of it kind of just works, and it always works. Okay, there's very, very few examples where the thing has a glitch or whatever else that's actually anything to do with Apple. It might be more to do with the external services around that and nothing to, nothing to do with how they've created or built their products. Okay, so this ecosystem approach strengthens Apple's competitive advantage because it promotes this this kind of what I call cross device adoption. Okay, so you can buy a multiple level of products and they're all kind of going to work together. And a lot of people do that simply because they know it works. They trust it. They like the perception of the brand on them, but it's just easy. Okay, and simplicity scales and simplicity pays. Okay, and that's what I think has also created a lot of value for the company. So just to pause there, what have I covered so far? Okay, so these are win things. Remember back to what I said. You've got the innovative product design. You've got this very, very defined and intentional brand and customer experience. And then you've got this ecosystem that, you know, is well integrated. And the thing I'll say about ecosystem, just to finish that point is, one of my mentors once said that, you know, it's not about having a great product that builds value or makes money. It's about having a great product ecosystem. And if I think about my businesses or the businesses that I advise, I always like to have an ecosystem where there are different options for people to work with me. There are different escalations of value that they'll get at different points. And all of that increases the value of the company because I have multiple ways of monetizing and I also have multiple ways of delivering a certain level of experience, information, value to the various customers that I choose to work with. Okay, And I often say that if you've got one product or one service, there's risk there. But if you have a product ecosystem or even a service ecosystem, you're doing a lot to mitigate that risk and build more value and obviously grow your company, right? which is super important. Okay, a fourth area that I think is interesting about Apple is how strong their supply chain is and their manufacturing capability. Now, I'm not an expert in this. did a little bit of research before recording this podcast, but they have a very robust supply chain and they have very, very strong partnerships in place, which I think are key contributors to their overall success. Okay, so they have this ability to secure, you know, reliable component suppliers. They maintain strict quality control. They optimize manufacturing processes so it's efficient and they have their launches on time. Right, It's never late. Okay, (laughs) they have people lined up in front of their stores before something launches. Okay, so you can put that down to supply chain management, but you can also put it down to operational expertise, which again gives them this competitive edge and it also allows them to scale globally. Okay, so there's a lot in that. And 
a lot of times when you kind of think about that, you don't think of Apple as being so strong necessarily across all the various areas. But the one thing I will say about this area too is they're really, really good at acquisitions. So even though they've got these kind of supply chain and manufacturing partnerships, they've got these fantastic acquisition plays as well. And over the um, the, the lockdown, over kind of COVID, you know, they made something like 100 acquisitions where they were buying in talent and they were buying in different products and services, quite often just to bring them into their full ecosystem. Now, some of those brands you never see, right? Sometimes it's simply about buying the capability and bringing it in. But all of that is intentional and it's another one of the win themes. It's something that they do well. Do they do it as well as all of their competitors? Who knows? But they do it well enough that when combined with all the other things they do, it creates this amazing carrot cake to bring back that analogy from before. Okay, final one is diversification and services. So if you look at Apple's strategic diversification beyond hardware, it's expanded its revenue streams and its customer reach quite extraordinarily. And I mentioned before about the global side of that. But if you look at services, like they've got the App Store, they've got Apple Music, they've got you know iCloud, they've got Apple Arcade, Apple TV, okay? And all of these different services have created significant amounts of value and have really driven the company's growth over the last you know three to five years. And my view is that it's Apple's emphasis on services and recurring revenue models that creates a more sustainable business model for them and it reduces a huge dependency on their hardware sales. Now, I haven't got the stats to say what's the balance of revenue that's from hardware versus all these other services and, and software and different applications they've got, but you can see that there's, a, there's, a, there's an intent here to diversify the business, to make it more recurring. And if you've listened to my podcast on the 15 reasons why, you know, you'll never sell your business to private equity, which is a bit of a joke because it was really the, the things that you should be building in your business to be able to sell your business to private equity. It talks a lot about these things and recurring revenue is absolutely one of the big drivers because anyone who acquires your business wants to have repeatability, repeatability predictability, sustainability of your business model and growth story into the future. Okay. So, as I said, there are five things there. I'll just quickly summarize them now. So the first one was innovative product design. The second one was that intentional brand and customer experience. Then we talked about Apple's ecosystem and integration. Then we talked about partnerships, you know, really strong supply chain and manufacturing capabilities. And, and within that, a little bit about acquisitions. And then the last thing we talked about was that their revenue diversification and this approach to services driving recurring revenue. Now, all of those things independently are interesting. All of those things are fantastic, actually, when you think about it in terms of driving growth and driving value. But it's the mix. It's the mix. So homework exercise, as I said, I want you to think of the five that apply to your business. What are the five things that make your business unique and remarkable in the market that you choose to operate in to serve? And as I said, this is something that you can communicate internally. It's something you can communicate to customers. It is certainly something that you you should be communicating as part of your investment highlights if you're going to go and raise money. And it's certainly something that you should include into, you know, why should you acquire me when you're positioning your business for exit? So I hope that was valuable today. Let me know if you liked it. You know, obviously send me some thoughts and comments, ask some further questions. But I want to do a few podcasts like this where we kind of unpack what's happening around us because sometimes it's the businesses around us that we can learn the most from. And just by applying some of the, the key principles of value to your business, you can make a big step change in what you're trying to create. I'll leave it there. As I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith, 
and show up. Bye for now. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you enjoy the show just as much as I enjoy creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me. It helps the show. Plus, it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything you heard in today's show or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.